Hello, Black Tribe family. It's Lisa Black sitting across from Gary Black. Hey, hey. A person who is teaching me about the heart. I just want to say two things while you were speaking on part one that came to mind. Okay. That's always fascinated me is... You know, I love music. I love all kinds of music. And I've listened to music my whole life. And one thing I have noticed consistently is that male songwriters write about their heart more than just about anything else. Mm. Female songwriters don't so much. And, you know, I love the study of, of the way that men and women are different and we kind of react differently. But Except for the main is that, that anyone from... Demi, Demi, Demi Lovato. That was a cry of her heart. I'm not saying women don't speak out. No, no, I know, but I just just got hit by that with the Grammy. Oh, yeah, it was absolutely a cry of her heart. I know it's changed your life. Cry of a generation, actually. I I think it is, but I just the the one thing that when I teach on who men are, and this is just from being married to you, having a father, um, and and raising four boys, and just you know always having these young men in in our midst that we teach is that I've really found that men have, I think a more sensitive heart than women do actually. Okay. And I believe that when a young boy's heart is damaged, that he will without some type of interaction and, and, and experience with healing from the Lord, that he does protect his heart. Yes. And I think it's as early as, you know, when they're very young, but you'll notice like in middle school, even when a young boy is, his heart is damaged by a girl. It's very hard for him to open it up again yes. to receive that damage. And I think what we have a lot, what I always say is our prison system is not full of of evil men, it is full of little boys with broken hearts, broken hearts. And something in life taught them that if they open their hearts, it's going to get broken. And so that everything that they do, their violence, their, the way that they keep their guard up is to protect their heart. Absolutely. And then the other thing you said yesterday was that you're, you're, um, it's really the voice of God is the way I describe it, Okay. which comes is what I teach is that women have very strong intuition, which you called that your heart goes through your, your gut. And yeah. I'm always trying to explain to young women, there is a whisper. If you will listen to it, it's the whisper of the heart. It's the whisper of the Lord. That's, that that's what guides you. But I do think that men and women are different. It both comes from the heart, but I think we see it differently. Yeah, no question. And, and both women's heart and men's hearts are severely damaged. Right. Most men from about seven to 10 years old, women about 13. And once their hearts get damaged, they go into these three areas we're going to talk about okay. at some point of, of, um, protecting their hearts yes. and they're not live. They can't live from a whole heart when they're living to protect their hearts. Yeah. The, all your energy goes to just protect it. This protection. And the hardest thing to do is to open your heart again after your, after, after you have opened your heart and you have hope and, and you've, you've let that tender part of you be exposed and right. it's been trampled on in some way or hurt or used against you. The scariest thing for humans, I think is always to hope again, which in the way of saying, open your heart again. Yes. Absolutely. Which is what marriage is. <laughs> marriage is the constant. It's a constant. Of, of hurting each other's hearts. Yep. And being brave enough to open our hearts again. But, you know, what I'm learning, what I'm going through and what John Smelter taught us through this is that, you know, he was married for 20 some years. His 
kids were adults and he planted all these churches, master in theology, all of these great, amazing things. And his family had an intervention with him and said, literally with a counselor and said, we don't know you. Yeah. You've never given us your heart. Wow. We don't know what you like to eat. We don't know what you like to wear. You don't, we don't know your best color, your favorite color. And he didn't get mad. He was stunned and raw. It's what's happening to me right now. Yeah. I did this to our girls mostly is I, is I put shame and insecurity on them by being silent. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a it's a hard thing for a man to go into this depth of his heart. Right. And it's really hard for women, especially this whole feminist movement, which I love that women are being seen and coming to the front and CEOs and preachers and all the things. Um, but they're da- if their hearts are damaged, they're doing it out of the wrong motive and they can't fully live out of a whole which heart. Which is also what I teach. Yes. It's a beautiful thing. But if we're doing it to keep someone else down or to rise up against men then it's, it's not what they're it's, it's, it's not your heart, right? Okay. It's, it's, it's your, it's your, you willing something could, because you want to prove something like instead of purity out of a pure, clean heart mm-hmm. that brings change and brings men get convicted and want to change yes. when they hear it that way yeah. from a clean feminist heart, not an angry, mad feminist heart. That makes sense. I, that's what I teach. <laughs> I know you do. So first, the first time we uh, first po- podcast, we talked that we went into your heart, your soul, your spirit are clean. We know this by New Testament. We know that Jesus cleansed them. He sprinkled them. When Jesus came and died for us, the blood of Jesus purified our hearts. We must break the agreements and lies that we have spoken over ourselves and break the power of the enemy in our lives. We were not born in sin. We were recreated, it says, in blessing. Mm. When you're born again, you're actually completely, fully recreated. Mm. The old is gone. Right. The new heart has come. Okay. And you are completely cleansed and completely blessed. And we have to break the agreements we've made in the, in the spirit by saying, I am depressed. I am angry. I am an alcoholic. I am addicted to pornography. You have to stop saying I am and owning it. And you have to start breaking those agreements and saying, I can drink too much. Right. I can go look at porn, but I'm not ruled by that. So I break that agreement in Jesus name. Mm-hmm. And and you've got to start walking in the authority of that and quit confessing that you are over, and start over. confessing that you're not. And owning it. And owning it. you got to stop owning it. Yeah. We are sanctified now, not someday. Okay. Okay. Confess and sin. This is what takes it away. We got to memorize 1 John 1, 9. And 1 John 1, 9 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So is Jesus lying there or is he telling the truth? If we live in a state of confession, we're going to talk about this more. And I teach the interns here at G42. There's two things that keep a clean heart. And the first one is confession. When I sin, when I do something stupid, right? Instead of getting guilty, instead of feeling shameful, instead of getting taken out of the fight, I immediately confess that sin to God. And what does it say? He forgives me. Yeah. And it says he doesn't even remember my sin. I keep reminding him of it. I keep reminding him. (laughs) But he doesn't even remember it. And then it says, and Matthew, if I confess it to somebody that I trust, if I confess to Andrew, I go to Andrew or I go to Seth, I go to one of my guys and I confess my sin, then you are immediately healed. Mm -hmm. So confession is a state of living. We've got to become confession. Which to me, the way I would say is confession is opening your heart. 
It, it's exactly right. It cleanses us and our heart is clean again and we keep moving okay. instead of going backwards. What does a clean heart actually mean? What does it mean to be clean inside? It means that the desire to do good is natural for the Christian. Mm. Oh, we've got to get this. Our desire, our desire isn't to be bad and evil and horrible like we've been taught. Mm. Our desire isn't towards our flesh and sin. It, it, I was always taught and I was taught by great, amazing people that I respect and honor with my whole heart that it's hard for man to lean on God. We're always full of sin and we'll always go to sin first. And, and it's not true. God cleansed the heart. If the New Testament scriptures are true, if the Bible's real, which I know a lot of people say the Old Testament didn't happen, it's metaphorical. That's great. The point is, what's the story? What was the point of the Old Testament? The point is to Jesus and the New Testament, right? But the, but the desire to do good is natural when we're recreated and born again. Our longing is not for evil. It is for good. It is natural for us to do the right thing as it is for our dog to love us. <laughs> right. We walk in and champ just loves us. He brings us his little hat, his tail's wagon. He jumps up and down. And no matter what, we're loved. Right. That's the same as our hearts. It's good and pure and spont- spontaneous. And all these things come from a cleansed heart. No, gradually. If we believe it. Yeah. He wants good for our hearts. One of our issues is recognizing the difference between the heart and the flesh. Mm-hmm. Addictions, impulses, compulsions, cravings all come from our human flesh. They never come from a clean heart. Mm. The heart doesn't have any of those things. The heart produces wants, needs, and desires, all of which are clean to a New Testament Christian. Do you get that? Yes. The heart produces wants, needs, and desires, which are all clean from our hearts. We can trust our hearts. We have a fear that if we if we do trust our hearts, we'll lose control. Fear about being deceived if we trust our hearts. And it's simply not true. I want you to get this because you've been taught the opposite of this. I promise you for most of your life. If you've been raised in the church, you've never heard this. (laughs) I never heard it. Mm -mm. If we don't trust our hearts, we fail at the one thing that God wants the most loving and trusting and and obeying and enjoying God in life with our whole heart. Mm. The reason we can't trust our hearts and not fear the flesh is that once our hearts are cleansed, sin never again arises from the heart. Mm. It only arises from our flesh. The moment we confess, according to 1 John 1, 9, if the scripture is true, we are cleansed or purified every time. And even God doesn't remember that sin. Sweet. We keep our hearts clean by confession and acceptance of God's forgiveness by faith. So number one, the heart is the most important part of us. Number two, there's four parts, not three, body, soul, spirit, and heart. Number three, our heart is, is our heart is our genuine, true personality, not the soul or spirit. And number four, our hearts, souls, and spirits are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Mm. Amen? Amen. So part two, living in the heart. Okay. All right. We need to live completely and wholly from our hearts. Scripture says he said to himself in his heart, mm-hmm. we are to love God with our whole hearts. The greatest commandment, right? Love the Lord, your God, right? And how does it end with your whole and purified cleanse, new Testament recreated hearts. Mm. We are to meditate. It says in our hearts, have you ever meditated in your heart? It's incredible. Yeah. We love God fully in our hearts, the scripture says. It says, a young man is to follow the ways of his heart. And God will give us the desires 
of our heart and on and on 841 times I could read you of how we can live from our hearts and it's pure and it's cleansed. Mm. Amen. Living in the heart has tremendous value. Living in the heart is actually living in the whole of the heart, not just part of it. Living in the heart means that our heart must be healed. We can't without healing. Our heart has to be healed. Right. Living in the heart means to live experientially, not just doctrinally. Mm. Okay, we live doctrinally. All theology is is man's idea about God. Right. And we get caught up in theology and doctrine we so much. We stay there most of the time. We live we there. Never, and we never leave that area. And that's all from our mind. Yeah. The mind is actually in the heart. Right. But when we stay in our con- cognitive brain and we want to prove people wrong and right. we're right, we do not live out of the heart in any Would way. Would you say if you're always, if you are living out of the heart, though, all that stuff just falls into place? It does. Like the questions are answered. It all comes in because you don't need to know. Yeah. The heart knows. Yeah. So you don't need to prove anything. You just get to live. Man, when we get into the or- living ordinary, it re- it's going to rock you. It's rocking me right now. Living in our heart means that we learn to trust our hearts completely. Right. And you've never heard that. Don't trust your heart. Don't trust your feelings. Don't live experientially. Right. And the, and the opposite is actually true. We've got to get the body of Christ back to living experientially in Christianity, not just by their heads and doctrine. But a little child, if you ask them, where, where does God live? They'll, they'll point. They know. Their heart. Right in their hearts. They know. That's we heard a like. great story yesterday. Um, we can't say the names, but these people are in sex traffic industry, anti-sex traffic, and they're in Asia. And um, Andrew was just out there with them. And she shared that this five-year-old little girl... Um, got rescued and they taught him, they taught her all about Jesus and she accepted Jesus in her heart. Her heart was recreated. Her grandmother came and took her a few months later. It'd only been two or three months and brought her back to her mom's house where she had been kidnapped and taken. Mm. And the mom was making her pray to Buddha. And the little girl at five years old refused to pray to Buddha and said, I don't pray to a statue. I pray to a living God. Literally (laughs) became knew that Jesus was real. She said, I pray to Jesus. Her mom beat her and brought her back in the room to pray. And she still wouldn't, she was crying. And she said, I won't, I won't pray to the statue. I only pray. The grandma got converted. The grandma became a Christian and then brought the girl back to our friends Mm. and and did it. So it it literally, it's literally a recreation in a little child's heart when we can get it whole again. Even when her innocence was stolen from her. Her innocence were completely stolen. Yeah. Okay. Let's describe how tremendously valuable it is to live in our whole heart. We can never fulfill the great commandment, love God with your whole heart until we are living in our whole heart. Mm. The more we have our heart, the more Jesus we have experientially. Okay. Do you get that? The more we have of our heart, the more of Jesus we have experientially. We're experienced Jesus on on a moment to moment basis all the time. You want that in your life? Yeah. I think all of us want that. Every capacity, every power, every joy, love, every patience, every gift of the heart is to give Jesus more room to reveal himself to us and through us. And that's the value. Mm. The value of living out of a whole heart is that we experience Jesus living in us, healing us and us living in that place to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Mm. We hear God's voice in our hearts. 
Most of us have problems controlling our minds. We lie in bed and recount over and over negative thoughts. Can't shut our mind off that time from 3 to 6 a.m. They call it the, the hour of the wolf, the hours of the wolf, where the, the enemy comes in and tries to tell us how horrible we were, what we did wrong. I always think of what I said when I preached or what I said stupid or whatever. And that's the place that we have to start living in our hearts from and start meditating on what God's goodness is, not what we did wrong. Mm. Does that make sense? Roar did a did a fabulous Devo this morning on that. I sent it to you. It's incredible. Uh, we lie in a bed and we count over and over negative thoughts. We can't shut our minds off. Part of the secret in turning your mind off is to live from your whole heart. That's a hard one for me. <laughs> I know. I'm looking at you. You're stunned. <laughs> That's why. I why said. is that hard? It's just I, my brain just never stops. It just never stops. Yeah. And that's mostly true for the kids we work with too, isn't it? Yeah. For the generation. Yeah. They can't, they don't know how to shut their minds off. Yeah. So when we can live this and find the value in it of what it means to live, we can actually shut our minds off. But it's work. Yes. It's work and it's healing. Right? So the whole heart, my mind has slowed down when I live in my whole heart. Hmm. I have more energy. I have deeper connection with other humans. And we all have more fun because we are living in a childlike heart. Not a child's heart, but a childlike heart. Mm-hmm. And isn't it fun to be around people like who Gabrielle was one of our last interns? Yeah. She's had a childlike yes. heart. And we all wanted to be around her all the time. All the time. She was Noah's favorite intern of all time because She's probably one of my favorite humans. She lived from her heart. Yeah. Fully. Like, and it was so authentic and real pure, and beautiful. Cleansed. And bizarre. Because I just <laughs> never met anyone like that. It was inspiring. It's true. She it's was her really genuine true. self all the time. And don't you want people to say that about you? Well, like, I'd love that. Yeah. Like, you know, one of my guys, one of my disciples came and visited me from Barcelona a month or so ago. And he was nervous when he came and sat down with me because he thought I was going to be mad at him. If I would have read his report card over the last six months, I would have been angry with him. And after a couple hours of just opening my heart to him and loving him, he just started weeping. And he mm-hmm. said, I thought you were going to be mad at me. And instead, you've opened your heart wide to me. Yeah. And I feel like a human being sitting yeah. here. And, and so I want that. That's what I'm striving for. And I, then that's not patting myself on the back in any way. I have not lived this way with my own children even or with you. I've closed you out of my heart many times because of the damage that's been done in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it's not anyone else's fault but mine. Mm-hmm. And But we don't know what we don't know. Right. right? So we get revelation and we go, oh, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to yes. actually give it some time. The value is to live from the whole heart. And what does it mean to live from the whole heart? The general rule is this. If we are concentrating upon and living out of just one part of our heart, we are not living in the whole heart. Mm. If we are mind oriented people and we think our way through life and if we have to know reasons for everything and we measure pros and cons and we are constantly thinking about ideas and we must know then I promise you are not living out of a full heart, right? Absolutely. If we are emotionally related people and everything is about an experience, an emotion, or about a feeling, then we are also not living from our full heart. Yep. If our will-oriented people and everything is about willpower, discipline, control, and order, then we're not living out of our whole heart. God's desire is that we live with every talent, power, interest, ability, and curiosity that is in our hearts. Mm. I want to say that again. God's desire is that we live with every talent. What is our talents? Our power, 
First Corinthians 4.20, the word of God is not about words, but power. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm questioning that right now. We're not seeing the power of God on the right, earth. Right, right. Like we should. Like yeah. We see it occasionally, yeah. but like we should. Interests. What are my interests? If they're coming from my heart, people want to know my interests, my ability and my curiosity. Those all come from my heart mm-hmm. because most of us live in fragmented, fragmented hearts. We can't live in that whole heart. To live fully in the heart is to have access to skills, talents, experiences, and abilities that are available. Living in one's whole heart is to live a life rich with the experience of one's whole self. Mm -hmm. So when we live out of our hearts, we actually get to know us as people, as a person. I get to know Gary better so that Gary can be honest and confess and get his heart healed so that other people can experience what I'm experiencing. So I'm starting to fall in love with Gary. I was born to be loved. It's really hard for us to get that. But once I start living from my whole heart, I start falling in love with Gary and then I fall in love with everyone else like Jesus did. He always moved out of the compassion of his heart. Right. And he healed the sick and cast out demons and touched lepers. And all, you know, we, there's not even a number of books that can hold what he did because he lived out of his whole heart. Mm-hmm. Right. All of that is in the heart. If we are living from that whole heart, it's, it's from conscience experience. And what's avail- available to us is spontaneity, playfulness, trust in friendships, creativity and curiosity, silliness, childlikeness. Thinking, contemplating, memorizing, meditating, analyzing, categorizing, motivation, passion, and expressing love Mm -hmm. like others. All of that is available to the whole heart. Listen to this. To live on the whole heart simply means everything related to the will, everything related to the emotions, and everything related to think, mind, intellect are all available to you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's just talk real quick about the healing of the heart. Probably break this this section up into two, okay? But I just want to go into how do we get our hearts healed? Good question. Yeah, and so our hearts get broken by living life. It happens when we entertain and accept beliefs as children that are simply not true. Mm. And those beliefs get settled so deep into our hearts that any new truth doesn't just simply shake them out of their position. Mm-hmm. So we see it all the time. We bring these interns in and they've been taught their whole life. This, this horrible thing. We've taught the body of Christ on dispensationalism, that this whole thing's going to end with abomination and Satan's going to win and we're all going to burn in hell. Hopefully basically, some of us will escape. Basically God just did this all to trick us. Yeah. It's a big trick. It's and big so, trick. he created us to fill hell up. Yeah. And we bring these interns in and we start talking about hopeful eschatology. We start talking about Habakkuk when he says, I want to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea with God's glory. Right. That, that God lived, the, 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 the power of God lives within me and I get to express that love onto everyone around he me. He chose us to do that. He chose us to express his so love. So he must know that we're capable of doing it. Love is the point. Okay. Right. And that's what Jesus said through the whole thing. So when these interns start hearing that, it's more unlearning than learning. It has been for me. Yeah, me too. And that's what I'm doing with this heart stuff. I'm unlearning what I've been taught about my heart. And I'm learning that I can live fully and completely wholly out of this heart. Right. But it takes a lot to shake us out of that position. Mm. This destroys our self-acceptance. We lose valuable feelings and emotions that would have brought richness and joy to our hearts. We also lose the power of the will to obey and to follow. And our wills become paralyzed or become restrictive or passive. In addition, for most of us, our consciousness has become warped and they become tyrants irrationally controlling our lives. Mm. 
So our thoughts and our minds become tyrants, irrationally controlling our lives. We see this over and over and over. And we need to be healed. Amen? Amen. I want to hear an amen out there. Even the apostles had to get their hearts healed. Well, of course they did. So in Matthew 18, 1 through 2, check this out. Jesus indicates that they need healing and that they can have healing. They were arguing about who was the greatest. Now, listen, this is three and a half years almost of them walking with Jesus, and they're still not getting it. And even after he left, it took them a while to get it. But they're arguing about who's the greatest. Remember this, right? It's a silly argument, but they were with young guys in the first half of life, and they're arguing about their accomplishments. And Jesus overheard and placed a child in the, and puts a child in the middle of them. And he says, unless you repent and become like this child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. <laughs> this is an amazing statement. And the apostles had been with Jesus for three years at this point. Mm. They three years and they still had not been healed in their hearts. When he said you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, that wasn't heaven or hell statement. What he meant was this. When the spirit of God comes on a person and uses that person, that's the kingdom. What he is saying to the boys is your hearts are too small for you to continue to be used by the spirit of God in my kingdom. So you have to become like this child. Hmm. Is that phenomenal? Guys, look, stop fighting. Stop trying to get position. Stop living out of that unhealthy part of your heart. Your heart's been cleansed. You've been recreated by me. Look, I'm about ready to go. Now, I haven't been born again yet because Jesus hadn't died. Mm. The gospel isn't what we say it is, right? Jesus couldn't have been preaching the gospel and still alive if the gospel is what we say it is. The gospel is a king and a kingdom Mm -hmm. that we get to follow. Mm -hmm. And he's saying to these guys, look, I'm going to put this kingdom in your hearts, but you got to live from a free, completely cleansed whole heart like this child does in order to get the kingdom of heaven it's not about you going to hell or going to heaven one which day. is the opposite it's the opposite it's the opposite it's the complete opposite what he meant by this was that you have to get back this awesome big full wide open heart of a child when you live in everything that your will is supposed to have power over where you live in when you live in everything that your emotions are supposed to feel when you live in everything where you can make choices you are supposed to make the full heart of a child mm. that's when you're living there mm. the promise is a great promise that even so with the apostles that you can be healed of a small heart and we just got to confess that God, I have a small heart. Father, will you forgive me for my small heart? I repent of my small heart. Father, would you begin to teach me and take me into whole heart living in Jesus name? Let's end with this. Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord God was upon him and he came to deliver the captive to heal. What? The broken hearted. Mm-hmm. Great promises that Jesus has come to heal our broken heart. He says that in Isaiah yeah. and he says it in Luke. I have come. The Spirit of God is upon me, and I'm thinking this over my own life and you, babe. I've come to deliver the captive and to heal the brokenhearted. I want to heal the brokenhearted of a generation. Mm -hmm. I want to see a whole generation be healed by this. How does that happen? Healing comes to the heart when we repent of and change our deeply held and wrong thoughts. Right. We break those agreements. We start thinking differently than we used to think and ask God to do that. My, My story there's a pain in my stomach. And I sobbed and sobbed when I first read this thing about the heart. I was on an airplane and I started reading this document that John Smelter wrote on the heart, 26 page document. And my stomach started to hurt. Mm. And I began sobbing and sobbing and sobbing because I knew there was a new thing that God was doing. All my rejections, mm. all my abandonments, all my criticisms, all that stuff started coming to the surface. Wow. It's like the dross was coming up. 
It started to come up after 30 years of ministry and in business. And on that plane, I had to put my rejection and my shame down. And then I had to start asking him what I did to my kid, to our kids, Mm. to the girls. How did I put shame and guilt on our kids? And I had to start looking at that. And when I came to the girls and repented, we just wept and held each other for for hours. Hours. And and I need more of that with them. They need more healing. The most basic belief that most of us have ourselves is I am basically an undesirable person, if they found out who I really was, really am, they would reject me. It all comes from years of rejection and abandonment, and it's called shame. Mm -hmm. And we all live in this place of shame. That single lie will drive you to be a workaholic, addicted to alcohol, drugs, addicted to your ego. When we believe people's opinions for us, we get into idolatry. We are idolizing their opinion over God's opinion of us. And we walk in the fear of man instead of the fear of God. Mm. And I want to talk about more of that on the next thing. Let's end with this. Once we truly repent of that belief, it will never affect our lives again. Are you ready for that? Mm. Number one, healing happens when we repent of and change our deeply held beliefs and wrong thoughts. Is it true that you were born to be loved? Mm. Number two, healing happens when we let back into our conscious awareness, feelings and emotions that we have long ago suppressed. The truth is this, feelings and emotions can only truly be healed as they get back into our hearts. I've never seen feelings and emotions healed when they are outside of the experience of the heart. Mm. It's not getting feelings or emotions out that we need. It's getting them back into our conscious awareness where we can hold them up before God and he can drain the pain out of our hearts. And number three, healing also happens when our will gets strengthened and our motives get cleaned up. Mm. Our hearts get healed when the main areas of our personality get healed, when our emotions are restored, when our will is restored, and when our thinking is restored. Thoughts? I mean, science proves that. It does. I mean, if you do not change your mind, which scripture will say, which is all everyone's trying to do. It doesn't matter what you believe. When people meditate, what they're trying to do is change their mind. When people make vision boards, what they're trying to do is change their mind. Yes. What scripture says is, is that you, you know, if you can change your thoughts, basically everything else will follow. It's all in our thought life. And so whatever we repeat in our head over and over again, like I always say, I can't ever sleep. And this book that has nothing to do with the Bible and wasn't written by a Christian is like, makes me say every day, I am going to sleep tonight. It's, I'm going to have a good night's sleep. Right. Right. You have to change your mind. You do. You have to change your speech. Right. And you have to allow that to go into your heart so the pain drains out of your heart and becomes whole. Which is a huge part of this generation because they've been taught to own things that are not theirs. And until they let those things go, and they always get mad at me, you know, when I'm teaching this, I'm saying, please quit saying my depression. Yes. God did Break not that. give that to you. No. He only gives good gifts. Break it in Jesus' name. It's not your depression. Yes. It That's doesn't good. belong to you. When you release that, you change your mind, the way you speak, the way you do everything. As long as I, if I kept saying my depression, I'm going to stay depressed for sure. Come on. There's no way around it. That's it. So next, the next we're going to stay in this how to live out of the heart section. And I just want to talk about what does it really mean to be an experiential Christian? What does it mean to actually experience Jesus on a daily basis all the time mm. by living from a clean heart? Okay. Amen. All right. Thanks, guys. Look forward to the next podcast and our continuation of the journey into the heart. Ooh. <laughs> See you later. Uh-huh.